This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, this is Dave at thenewyorkbudget.com. And when I'm not breakdancing on the subway for money, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today is National Kick Butt Day. So in spirit of kicking some booty, we've invited down to the basement a guy who's kicked his job to the curb and now is self-employed, even with two young kids. How did he fight the fear and still make the switch? Today, we'll talk to the guy behind the new We Traveled There podcast, Lee Huffman. Plus, in our headline segment, it's open enrollment times for many companies and for the Affordable Care Act. What should you know? We're joined by USAA's Director of Life and Health Insurance, Sean Scaturo. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Syed, who's starting a company, answer a listener letter, and more. And now, two guys who constantly get their butts kicked by Joe's mom. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. She said she'd kick our butt if we don't bring it today. I thought butt kicking day was the day that you do those like high kicks to stretch out your quads. Oh, but you do enough of those, man. You feel how your heart gets racing? Yeah. Also, your butt hurts. <laughs> Correct. That's that's the side effect nobody tells you about. Like, exactly. oh yeah, oh yeah. By the way, your butt may or may not hurt. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Workouts in the Morning podcast. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, average Joe Money on Twitter, and across the table from me, this glorious first full week of October. It is my good friend OG. I guess it is the first full week of October, isn't it? It's kind of weird because it feels like it's been October for like. 10 days <laughs> at least for five you know what's right. what, what's cool so i got my october mug check this one out i just got this oh one. is this your pumpkin spice latte mug N- no no pumpkin spice and it's just regular coffee but it's uh it's the mayor from nightmare before christmas and one half of the mug is the frown one half of the mug is the okay. big smile i've never seen that movie but it sounds cool yeah very cool you know what else is cool linkedin is cool thanks to linkedin for supporting stacky benjamin's linkedin jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they are, their skills, interests, and even how open they are to new opportunities for $50 off your first job post. Head to linkedin.com slash SB. That's linkedin.com slash SB. Terms and conditions apply. We're also today going to mention here at the top of the show, last chance to get your tickets for Kansas City. You can come out tomorrow night and hopefully there'll be tickets available. But 
to tell us that you're coming, head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash tour and purchase your tickets today. Tomorrow, can you believe it's tomorrow? It's it's already tomorrow t- today t- today and today today it'll be tom- tomorrow to be today. I'm S- confused. Where are we going? What are something. we doing? Just found out that Joel Goldberg who has the Rounding the Bases podcast and does the opening and closing shows for every Kansas City Royals baseball game. He is going to have the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum as his guest opening for us tomorrow. Yeah. Very cool. It's going to be a great night tomorrow between that and uh, having our whole gang there. I think it's going to be fantastic. Special guest Tracy Phobes, Zach Pettit talking about fintech. Of course, we're going to have Joel on our show, as well as Carrie Olson, who stopped working the nine to five and now does voiceovers for a living. And uh, Doug's already feeling a little intimidated about about that. So that that might be fun, too. All that goodness coming tomorrow. But today we got a great show for you. So let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. Our first headline comes to us from thestreet.com. Amazon's wage hike is political savvy and might not be too expensive. You see Amazon hiking their wages to 15 bucks an hour? I heard that they did that. Yep. This is uh, an opinion piece written by Eric Johnsa. He says, Jeff Bezos and his company have shown quite a lot of political savvy in recent months. The $15 per hour minimum wage that Amazon.com unveiled last Tuesday for its U.S. workers is the latest case in point. Almost immediately, the move, which goes into effect next month, received widespread praise from the media and American politicians. Even Senator Bernie Sanders, who a month ago had blasted Amazon over how much it pays many of its workers, was quick to praise the move. Quote, I want to congratulate Jeff Bezos for doing exactly the right thing, Sanders declared on Twitter just hours after the announcement, which was accompanied by a disclosure that Amazon's public policy team, quote, will work with policymakers in Washington, D.C. to push for raising the federal minimum wage from a current level of $7.25 an hour. However, while Amazon's eager to trumpet how more than 350,000 U.S. workers, over 250,000 full-time, part-time, and temp workers, along with over 100,000 seasonal workers, will benefit from its new wage policies, one has to wonder how much a tight labor market influenced its actions. The unemployment rate stood at just 3.9% in August, down from 4.4% a year earlier and 4.9% a year before that. Such an environment's been forcing quite a few employers to hike salaries and or think outside the box to get workers that they need. And this is the part of the piece I wanted to get to, because this is where we can get a personal financial lesson. It's also worth noting that Amazon's wage hike will be accompanied by the gradual elimination of a program that grants restricted stock units to fulfillment and customer service workers in favor of a program that would give them the option to purchase stock. Amazon does insist, however, that the net effect of this move in its wage hike will be, quote, significantly more total compensation for employees. Nevertheless, a reduction in RSU grant should both reduce share dilution and lower the stock compensation expenses that Amazon records on its income statement. I think that is incredible. I like how they put a little asterisk there, and then in the fine print at the very bottom in eight-point font wrote, also, we're going to stop giving away stock. Right, right. It is such a great thing. I don't want to get into the politics of this at all. Not at all. But a couple things. Number one, if you don't think that showing your boss and the people you work with and your customer your best side 
and then doing the necessary moves you have to make to stay in business a little bit more behind the scenes, you're fooling yourself, man. Amazon doing this is a textbook play of great marketing, making sure you keep the doors open at the same time with the thing that's not as sexy on, on the back. But you and I can apply this too. You see people complain about politics at work. There is politics at work. And I think once you embrace that, there's politics between you and your customer negotiating how you're going to make a better impression of yourself or your customer, I think is just a big part of daily living. It's important to recognize that at the end of the day, there's always good things about the work that you do or the service that you provide or whatever. And then there's not so good things. You shouldn't necessarily sugarcoat it. And I kind of believe in like, just be straightforward and honest and it is what it is. And I'm not suggesting that Amazon isn't doing this, right? I kind of joked about it being an eight point font at the bottom. Sure. But it's, you know, but, but it is still out there in the wild. Sure it is. But this is a great lesson in communication and how you phrase it. And you go, Hey, here's what's good. Uh, that kind of comes along with something that's not so good, but I think it's going to be really good in total. <laughs> this is absolutely fantastic. So I think you should do it, you know, type of thing. I think there's a budget lesson here too, OG. When you find that something is going to cost you more that you really want, Amazon, I'm sure, wants better workers. They want workers to have higher paychecks. They've, they've said that. At the same time, though, you figure out where you cut in other areas that aren't as important to your life. So if something that you really like goes up, let's say you love Netflix and Netflix a couple times during my lifetime has raised their fee. You like Netflix, find something else in your life that you don't care about as much. Bubblegum. Yeah, absolutely. You got your bubblegum habit. I, I had to kick that to the curb. My Bazooka Joe habit. I didn't care for the bubblegum so much as the bad dad joke in the rapper. That they had That's around That's where it. they all came from. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's amazing. Fantastic yeah. jokes. I like this whole story, and I am happy that people are going to get higher paychecks along the way. I bet that it works out to be about the same, and I kind of wonder in the long run if it's better to have that kind of deferred stuff. You mean the way, you know, it, that, the way it used to be with the restricted stock? Yeah, because you can't really access your restricted stock until later. But Absolutely. then I also wonder if it's if it's like those, um, we did that story a couple weeks ago about the automatic 401ks. And for the lowest income people that automatically get enrolled, they just take the money out anyway. Yeah, and well, so well, they're probably just taking the money out anyway. That's what I was thinking was that on the, on the bottom, if you're living minimum wage, restricted stock units are so tough. I think, you know, trying to live on the minimum wage is incredibly difficult and so raising that minimum wage can give people at least more of a basic lifestyle at that time. But I agree, if somebody's making enough money right now where they can sustain the bills, restricted stock units are way better than, than a you know, 3% pay increase at work. The sad thing well, is- and if, it, and if that's you, if that happens, you have to adjust your savings rate accordingly because that kind of default savings rate that you just had doesn't exist anymore. Now it's just going to show up in paycheck. And if you're not too careful, you may end up in lifestyle. But I suspect that you're probably right that the vast majority of people this is very helpful for. And in our second headline, according to a 2017 bank rate study, 60% of Americans would struggle to pay for an unexpected $500 health expense 
which can be easily exceeded with a, one trip to the hospital or doctor's office. Well, now that it's open enrollment time for a lot of people, we thought it's a great time to talk about this on the show. And on My Dad Shortwave, we have USAA's Director of Life and Health Insurance, uh, Sean Scaturo. Welcome to the party, Sean. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Joe. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, let's talk about this with everybody right now looking at their healthcare enrollment pack. And you know as well as I do, people look at this and it seems to be a foreign language. What are some of the key things we need to know? I think some of the key things that we need to pay attention to, one is just understanding kind of the lexicon of health insurance. What does a deductible mean? What does coinsurance mean? What are copays? Because what it ultimately comes down to is when am I financially responsible? So it is important that we understand what those terms mean, that we look at examples of coverage, that we understand uh, when we have a medical service, when does my money kick in versus the insurance company's money kick in so that I can, and I'm going to use the scary B word here, so that I can budget for those out-of-pocket costs so I'm not getting derailed off of my financial plan. What's the difference? Let's start with some of those terms then. What's the difference between a deductible and a copay? Well, I mean, they're similar in the sense that it's money that you're sharing in the expense towards the medical service. So the deductible is effectively a limit at which time your health insurance kicks over to being more favorable. So a great way to explain this is kind of thinking about the visual. I'm a visual learner, uh, but a visual of a glass, glass of water. So if we painted a middle or a line on the upper portion of that glass, as soon as I fill up the glass with my own water, my own money, now I've hit my deductible. And now the money that I put into that, so again, pouring in water, is going to be smaller and smaller pieces. And where this comes into play, let's say that I've got a medical expense for $1,000 and I have a $750 deductible. That first $750 is going to be spent by my money, and then everything after is going to be a smaller chunk. Most employer plans are somewhere in the 80% insurance, 20% coinsurance, and that's where your responsibility would come into play. So it's until we hit that line, more of the financial expense is going to be my responsibility as the employee. And then after I hit that line, more of the responsibility is on the insurance plan. The reason why this is beneficial to know, again, going back to the scary B word, is how we budget for it, but also it's good to know when those catastrophic things come into play. You know, when I'm deathly ill or I had a very large accident, something where I needed significant medical expense coverage. Now that out-of-pocket maximum that kicks in really is the ceiling. That's the most I would ever pay in a year. So it's important to know where those numbers land. Well, and I see, Sean, people get to get excited about an HSA a lot, but I think looking at your health before you look at an HSA, I think it should be really important. Well, I would agree, Joe, but it's something that you want to think about in tandem. An HSA account or a health savings account is a type of vehicle that you can save into for medical expenses. And when you use that money for medical expenses, the income or the earnings that your account has had, because you can actually invest in it, the earnings would be tax-free. So it is a tax benefit type of account for you. To participate in an HSA, though, you have to have a what they call high-deductible health care plan or an HDHP. And those plans often carry limits that are in the $1,300 range for the deductible uh, for you to be able to participate there. So what that means at minimum is your first $1,300 of medical expense is probably going to be on your shoulders. Now, in, in some cases or in most cases, you're not going to have to pay 100% of the health care bill up front when you go to the doctor, but you're going to pay a larger portion of it. And so it's through those vehicles like an HSA or health reimbursement or health savings account, spending account. There's all kinds of different varieties. 
that you can try to shelter the expense that you would pay from your normal day-to-day budget. It's great to participate in those, but to your point, Joe, thinking about your health, you want to be preventative. You want to be proactive. Having a healthier lifestyle, whether it's eating better or you know, kind of being risk avoidant, all of those things are going to make you, one, you might make yourself a little boring, but that's okay. It's going to make you more financially prepared when those things could come about because you're not spending so much on routine healthcare or not spending so much on potentially those bigger picture items if an accident were to happen. What I love about USAA is obviously your commitment to military, retirees, active duty families. What do they need to know about uh, healthcare in that particular arena? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a big upheaval, especially for young service members that have quite frankly, trusted for all of their healthcare needs to be covered by their military service, and rightfully so. But when they exit service and they go into civilian world, we might as well be handing them a thesaurus in terms of right. all of these medical jargon or all this right. insurance jargon. So it's important that we get educated and we, we transition appropriately. Now, the other end of the spectrum for our military retirees, something that's very, uh, that is going to change but very important to think about before 2019 is the TRICARE dental plan, the TRICARE Dental for Retiree plan, is actually going to sunset and go away. Starting January 1, 2019, for individuals that are currently covered by that plan that don't take action with a different plan that would give them coverage in 19, they're going to be without dental coverage. It's really interesting. As I'm doing some research, dental is quite important. Actually, if you are ever facing a heart surgery, you're going to need to have a dental certificate to make certain that you don't have any dental problems that would complicate the surgery. And I thought that was so interesting that we may be taking dental insurance for granted versus something like major medical insurance. So the two are absolutely connected. And I would encourage anybody that's covered by the TRICARE plan currently to start being a good consumer right now, figuring out what your plans are, what your budget for, so that you can go out and make certain that you're able to get coverage starting January 1, 2019. So you've got to make those decisions over the next few months. Wow. That's so important. It's funny. I just read all of what you were talking about with dental insurance. I just read that recently too. I can't believe how much dental health and heart health seem to correlate. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys obviously have a ton of resources at USAA. Where do we send people to get more, Sean? Yeah, I think a great way to start the conversation or to get some additional information on health insurance or just what healthcare planning looks like, visit usaa.com forward slash health solutions. There's a lot of really great educational resources as well as some tools to help kind of navigate what we've just talked about today. But then second to that, when all this stuff, you need to validate it or if you just need some extra information, give us a call at 1-800-531-USAA. Speak to one of our health experts and they can help kind of facilitate that conversation with you or give you information on what might be the best direction to go. Awesome. And if you're walking the dog or on your commute, you know, we got you covered. We've got all the links that Sean talked about in our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Sean Scaturo, thanks a ton for hanging out with us today. Joe, I appreciate it. Great speaking with you. Thanks to Sean for joining us on the shortwave. Active military people, get on that. Get on, get on your changes because great teeth and great heart health. They're interrelated. I find that so strange. Like I was telling Sean. When you're fighting the bad guys. You got a glistening smile. While you're mowing them down. <laughs> that guy who shot me had wonderful teeth. Yes. <laughs> what amazing, amazing smile. Really people person, I can tell. I think our first takeaway then from Sean is 
Make sure that whether you're doing the government's open enrollment plan coming up here, your own open enrollment at work, or if you're with the military, make sure that you get those dates, get everything aligned before those dates. And then second, something in your life going to cost you more money. Time to take out the budget and find other places to cut, whether you're you, me, or Amazon. At FinCon last week, we caught up with our good friend, Lee Huffman. Lee's got a new podcast called We Traveled There, where he talks to people who are locals in different cities around the world and talks to them about their experiences. You know how when you go to a place, oh gee, it's way better if you've got like a local guide who can show you the real ins and outs. I mean, like, you know, whenever you come to Texarkana, I show you both good restaurants instead of the chain restaurants along the road. Mm -hmm. Yep, where I can get gasoline and this is the best pancake place yep. it's an internationally acclaimed house of pancakes international yes three different yes. syrups just yep. saying many different things you can get there actually it's cool i have been to uh, northwest arkansas bentonville fayetteville a lot so we talked about that area and my love affair with that part of the country he talked to a gentleman named noah kagan who a lot of people who are self-employed know about uh, life in austin he's talked about sydney australia talked about nashville and uh, most recently about hong kong but he did something that we're very interested in og he left the nine to five to pursue working for himself and did it with two young kids at home and the big question on my mind was how do you make that move take me through the feelings tell me how you prepared and so Lee and I at FinCon recorded this conversation talking about that subject. Cool. And because we didn't want him to come down to the basement, we don't trust this guy in the basement. So we get him in Orlando, Florida. It's the one and only Lee Huffman. Hey, it's great to be here, Joe. How are you, dude? Doing awesome. FinCon just about over as we record this. How has your experience been? It's been fantastic as usual. Lots of great people uh, and a lot of new faces. I know. that's That's been the exciting part, meeting all these new voices that now we get to interview. You know? <laughs> I get so excited about that. But let's not talk about them. Let's jump into your story because you have done something that a lot of people may be thinking about, leaving a job to go work for yourself. Tell me what your day's like now. Uh, it's a lot of flip-flops and shorts. I'm basically just being a dad, taking kids to school, picking them up, and then just writing for my blog and freelancing for others and starting my podcast. But let's talk about time, though, because you make that sound sexy and awesome. <laughs> and I know from being in, in that same field that it can be, but by the same token, th this is a job that doesn't quit. Yeah, it is a little odd being around my kids 24-7. I love my kids, but... Uh, they can get a little frustrating sometimes. I didn't even mean that. I was talking about the blogging, but nice, <laughs> nice pivot. I've but, had that with kids too. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it can be difficult. But no, uh, I mean, it is a little difficult trying to juggle, trying to figure out, okay, I want to build my business and grow that, but also at the same time working for others, uh, freelancing and, and learning about their content and helping pay the bills. That's what I was going to ask next. What about not having that consistent paycheck? You find that scary? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, before I left my job, we looked at the expenses and we looked at what we need to do. We figured it out. Well, I don't really need to make very much. And 
if anybody, if any of my clients are listening, that doesn't mean you need to cut my paycheck. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I looked at it as if we can control our expenses properly and fix things the right way and not splurge, then everything will be fine. Even if I have to drive Uber at night, we'll make it happen. Let's walk back. Well, first of all, how old are you? 43. Okay. Making that jump at 43. That's tough. I made it at 40. So same time frame. Yeah. When you first got this inkling, you might not want to work for somebody else. When was that? Well, you know, I've been coming to FinCon now for five years. I missed one year. I went to the Dolphins Jets game in London. So (laughs) that was a worthy experience to not be here for FinCon. But really, it's just seeing everybody, what they're doing and learning all the content from like all the five bloggers and, and the five podcasts. I've been listening to Joe's podcast since close to the beginning. Haven't learned anything. So I had to listen to all these other podcasts to learn some things. Very, very smart move. And really it was, uh, I think it was Joshua Sheets who talked about like a 10-year plan. And I started looking at things and said, okay, well, if I pay off this and I pay off that and I don't buy a new car, I just keep my car for a longer period of time, I can roll all those debt payments over. And over the course of 10 years, I can have everything paid off. The mortgage, my wife's student loans, my student loans, cars. And just be completely debt-free and still continue saving to the point where I felt comfortable retiring. So I had a 10-year plan to retire as of a couple of years ago. And you actually got that, you're saying, from this community. Correct. Yeah. And when Lee talks about Joshua Sheets, by the way, that's the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. Mm-hmm. And John, we haven't seen Joshua this year. I have not. No. no. And then when Lee talks about FI and FI, that's financial independence. Mm-hmm. Just to give people the... Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Give them the context. For sure. I love it, though, that it's like part of your vernacular now. You know, <laughs> it is around here, too. Yep. You know, you say FI, everybody knows it. Like Definitely. we all got the tattoo or whatever. <laughs> Uh, the secret handshake. Right, right. So you put your your 10-year plan in place. Mm-hmm. Was your wife on board right away? Uh, she pretty much lets me handle the finances. She knows I'm not going to go crazy, not going to do anything that's you know kind of weird. For everybody that doesn't really know, I, I have a blog that talks about miles and points and using them to travel for free. And so she pretty much just says, okay, do whatever you're going to do. Put me in business class, first class every so often. And <laughs> And we're happy to go. Give me those warm peanuts. Yeah. I was, you know, my one, actually two experiences with business class or higher. My wife, Cheryl, is like warm nuts. Fantastic. I don't know. And bubbly champagne. Yes. Amen. Uh, So you have this 10-year plan, but this is five years ago. I probably implemented about three years ago. And at the same time, though, you know, if you like what you do, the 10-year plan doesn't yeah. matter or does the 10-year plan matter would you still have had the 10-year plan if you weren't thinking about leaving work or were you not thinking about leaving work then i wasn't planning on leaving at that point i think it was one of those things i just wanted to have the option kind of like you talk about with people paying off their mortgage early maybe instead of paying extra on your mortgage every month set it into that fund mm-hmm. and at the at, at a certain point you're going to have enough money where you can go i can pay it off if i want to or i can just keep going and leave that money for something else yeah. and that's really what i was looking at is continue building that money and then at a certain point, everything's paid off and I have the freedom to stay working where I want if I like what's going on at that point. And if I don't like what's going on, see sayonara, I'm out and I'll go do something where I don't need to worry about the paycheck. You're just buying flexibility. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So at that time, what type of business did you work at? I worked for a regional bank uh, based in LA. I okay. was a, effectively, it was a different title, but it was basically a divisional CFO for a division of the bank. Okay. And things at that time going well? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, you know, always had high ratings and really enjoyed what I was doing because it's more of the strategy side of the bank. High ratings you mean from your boss? 
Yeah, you know, annual reviews yeah, and right. stuff like that. Yeah, right. And so everything's good, like the people I worked with, and a lot of good people, a lot of smart people. What changed? Do you think that it was things inside the bank that changed that made you leave, or was it as you built that flexibility, your mindset changed, and you said, dude, I might be able to do this? Probably a little bit of both. I was like... I think as you get more ability to have that financial freedom, your tolerance level maybe goes down a little bit uh, as far as I'm not too worried about what you're doing. <laughs> you can put up with a lot when you're making good money and you need the money to pay your bills, but as you don't need as much money, you're like, eh, do I really need to put up with this? Yeah. I'm going to say it was made pretty clear to me towards the end that it was like time to go. And I said, all right, well, that, if that's what you want, then I've done the right steps along the way. Over the last couple of years, I paid off my student loans, paid off my truck loan, paid off a couple of my rental property mortgages. And so I had a, a debt service amount that was pretty low, other than like my mortgage and a couple of my rental properties. And so I'm like, okay, if, if we run the numbers, we can kind of do this. You know, it did take us moving from California to Tennessee. You know, I can say the numbers. Basically, the house I sold, I bought another one for like half. And then all the other expenses are, are cut considerably as well. And I went from making like 200 grand to significantly less. And, uh, but the thing is, because we controlled our expenses, we paid off debt, we didn't need as much. And I think your new house is bigger than your old house. Yeah, it's like 25, 30% bigger, nice big corner lot, uh, big grassy area to be able to play ball with the kids. And it's a great life. You have a next door, you're in, uh, in Tennessee. Yep. You have a neighbor named Dave. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no neighbor dog yet. But. <laughs> yeah. But so the Ramseys don't live next to you. Oh, he's uh, he's in a little bit more higher rent district. A little bit, slightly. Yeah. 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 You'll get there. It's yeah. fine. But well, well, he does know that I, I'm friends with you, so I don't know if we're going to be friends with Dave. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> I want to go back to that key moment when you said that maybe it was a little bit of both. Maybe it was the bank. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was your flexibility. I just want to draw attention to that point, if you don't mind, for a second. I'm going to commandeer my own interview because this is the thing. (laughs) This is the thing, guys, that people don't realize is that your attitude's going to change. Mm -hmm. Like when people tell me, no, 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 I'm going to feel that way in 10 years. You don't. Like things, like your mood changes, life changes, people around you change, which Mm -hmm. I think was the case with you at the bank. The people around you change that made it less fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically went from being a hero to a zero. You know, in many ways. Isn't that weird? It's a little frustrating considering how much you kind of give up of your life when you put a lot of work in for somebody else. Yeah. And when that effort isn't reciprocated, it's a little frustrating. You know, you almost want to cry a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You must have spent time thinking, is it me? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I did different. But I think part of it also changes. You know, I'm a father. I have kids that are three and seven. And, you know, they became a more important piece of my life. Uh, you know, I used to want to be grow my career, get to that, that C-suite, you know, and continue moving up. And at a certain point, I'd rather spend time with my kids than, uh, than becoming a CEO, CFO of a major corporation. I remember that change, too. You know, and so when it came time to change jobs, you know, I talked with my wife. I said, look, our kids are already three and seven. And we always talk about now that, you know, it's gone by so quick. I'm like, what's going to happen? I can, I can get another job, you know, that's closer to home and, and things like that. But... Do I want to, you know, have another long commute? Do I want to have another job where I'm working 10, 12 hours a day? Do I want that? Or do I want to be able to take a chance, do something a little bit different, maybe move to a different area where our our expenses are lower and be able to spend more time with our kids before they get to be teenagers and don't think we're cool anymore? What did, what did, what what did, I'm laughing because I remember that day. Yeah. 
it used to be I'd say to my kids, hey, you guys want to play a board game? Oh, yeah, Dad wants to play a game? Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember the daily when I said, hey, you guys want to play a board game? And they go, what do you got? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not cool anymore. Yeah. Like, no, thanks, Dad. I'm good. No, I mean, like, we travel a lot. We go to amazing places. And I just know at some point they're going to go, nah, I'd rather just hang out with my friends. Yeah. I'm going to go to Fiji. Nah. I'm going to go to South Africa and go on a, on a lion safari. Nah. I'd rather just hang out with Bob and, and Sue and, and Harry, you know? Right. Oh, no, and it gets better than that. Not that this is a parenting podcast, but, <laughs> but the other thing that happens is pretty funny is that you... Uh, they bring back stuff. My teacher at school told me X, and it's the same thing you told them a week before. Oh, yeah. That they gave you the eye roll about. But the teacher said it way cooler. Yeah. But sure. anyway, back to you. So let's dive in then to that moment. What made you think, I'm going to do this side, what had been your side hustle, mm -hmm. expand that versus going to find another job? Well, I think part of it is, you know, when you're planning to leave your job, you don't start networking that day. It's like, oh, I'm going to leave. I better start networking. I better like, start making some connections. It's like, no. You know, I've seen you know, some of our friends that are making really good money doing freelancing, doing things with their own site, doing things with their podcast. I go, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a dumb dude. I, you know, I have a little bit of skills. I have a little bit of capabilities. And I said, okay, well, if they can do it, I can at least be half as successful as them. And so, you know, I just started looking at it and... I've been coming to FinCon now for, this is the, the fifth, like five years ago is my first time. And the connections I made and the learning that I did here in the sessions, I think that gave me a little bit of confidence. I started reaching out to him ahead of time before I quit and I said, okay, well, tell me a little bit about your process. Tell me what it is, what, what your day's like. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And since I've quit, a lot of people come to quote unquote my rescue as far as introducing me to people, introducing me to different job prospects. And uh, you know, picked up a few clients almost right away. And uh, I've, I've actually been further along than I thought I was going to be at this point. I love that point of networking before you need it. You, you were you were significantly ramped up. You were four years ramped up mm -hmm. at the time that opportunity let you jump off into the freelancing community. Yeah, I will, I mean, I will admit, coming to FinCon all these years, it was more just to meet people and hang out and, yeah. and talk. I didn't go to a lot of the sessions like I probably should have. But it was that networking and that, that building of the relationships where when I reached out to people like you know, Holly Johnson and, and Ben Luthie and, and Sylvia Moinks and all these other people, it wasn't like, I don't know who this guy is. I barely know him. This is like the first time he's talked to me. It's we already had a friendship. And so they're, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to help you out. You're my friend and, and point you in the right direction. And, and that's really helped. Awesome. Those, those people, by the way, that we mentioned are some great freelancers in our community who really know the ropes. Mm -hmm. A little bit more sense of urgency than this year, I would think, with FinCon. Yeah, you know, so it is a little bit different this time around where I'm actually more focused on meeting people for, for potential clients and potential business versus just, hey, let's go have a beer. Yeah. When you went to make that change, let's talk about benefits mm -hmm. uh, packages because obviously you worry about your health insurance. Yeah. You worry about losing maybe life insurance through work. Tell me about working through that process. Well, I will say that I actually picked up some life insurance through one of Joe's sponsors a few years ago. Nice work. And, and so that helped as well. Uh, yeah, I did have like five times my income through life insurance at work. All my benefits were through my company. And so we had to work through that process as far as, do we look at Cobra? Do we switch to my wife's insurance? Are we going to miss out on certain doctors? And it helped because we moved from California to Tennessee, so we're going to change doctors anyways. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, good point. 
it's a lot of work. You know, you have to think about things as far as, okay, what are our bills every month? And what are the bills that aren't going to change, regardless of where we live? And what are the bills that are going to change? And then some, what are some of the unknowns? Because we didn't know exactly what the expenses were going to be in Tennessee. Luckily, they all went down. And luckily, uh, Tennessee doesn't have state income tax. So that's really nice. But overall, it's, it's just working through that process. And you got to look at it, like a, take a deep dive into your numbers to understand what it is that you spend money on. Emergency fund. Do you have a bigger one now than you had now that you're more dependent on, yeah. on uh, uncertain income? Well, I mean, by selling our house at, at a high value in California versus a lower value in, in Tennessee. So we've got a, a nice boost on, a, on the emergency fund there. But yeah, because you're moving from a job where you were pretty secure. I was there for 13 years. So I didn't need as big of a fund. But now that I'm freelancing, I, I need more money to tide me through. Like, you know, I'm here all week and I'm not making any money this week other than whatever's going on on my blog. How tough were these uh, conversations with you and your spouse? You said early on that, you know, you handled the financial part, but as things transition and work isn't going as well, tell me about your relationship. I think everything was good. There were times where I was frustrated. I'm like, look, people at work are giving me a little bit of a hard time because I'm taking off a little early to take the kids to basketball practice or soccer practice or whatever. And like, I need to, <laughs> I need to make sure I'm doing things right by my job. And like, you need to kind of pick some of that up. So there was a little bit of a friction there. But as we <laughs> talked about moving, we're like, okay, well, look, I can be at home. I can take care of anything and everything that needs to go on. And I, I can help you focus on your career. So I'm doing everything that's like the, the traditional mom duties. I'm doing all those things. I'm the soccer mom now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was ballet dead. <laughs> so I think by moving, it took away a lot of that. There's still a little bit of friction, a little bit of uncertainty. And, but I told her, I said, look, I will make sure everything happens. I'm a hustler. I will, I will figure out things. Like I said, if I have to drive Uber on the weekends and all night long, I, saying, I'll make it happen. But you are saying what I'm hearing, though, is, is that she is worried. Yeah. 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 You know, because you, know, you go from making good money to not making very much, that there is that concern. But we have the cushion. And like I said, I'm, I'm further along than I thought I was going to be at this point. So as she's seen the numbers roll in, she's become more familiar and more okay with everything. I just think building that ramp before you need it, in hindsight, obviously, mm -hmm. ingenious uh, to do it, but having a plan B, I think is so huge. Yeah, we I mean, I look at it as worst case scenario, I told her, I said, look, there's very few times in, the, in our life where I'm gonna have this other opportunity where I can take advantage of it. And I'm like, look, if I don't do something now, if I can just take another job, I'm never gonna see if I can fulfill the potential of what I'm doing online. And let's give it a shot. And if it doesn't work in a six months or a year, I can go find another job in finance. You know, there's always people that need good people that understand numbers. I can always do that. Last but, thing, yeah, last thing I want to talk about is the move to Tennessee. Yeah. Did you have family in Tennessee? No. Did you know a bunch of people in Tennessee? Some people from FinCon, a couple other connections I have. But, you know, I mean, we're the type of people we're not going to rely too much on others because everybody else has their own lives. They have their own family. We don't want to ask for too much unless like, you really need it. But, but seriously, Lee, why Tennessee? Because all the cool people are moving to Detroit. Yeah, well, one, and he's kind of cool. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was really, like, we looked at like Seattle, Portland, Denver, Dallas, Austin, and, and Nashville because we wanted a good community, lower cost of living, strong economy, and I wanted a good airport because I love the travel. Yeah. And I didn't want to shovel snow. So, uh, so there went Detroit. Yeah. But really, just it boiled down to like Austin or Nashville, and we do have family in Georgia. We do have family in North Carolina, so it's it's closer. 
but it's also not close enough where they're just going to show up. They, they, <laughs> right? They have to plan to drive that eight hours. <laughs> you went for the arm's length approach. Yeah. Good you know, news. Close, but close enough. Good news. We're only a full day's drive now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. <laughs> so how long did it take you then to go from, I'm leaving the job, I've made the decision to actually, I'm gone. I was out for a little bit for work, just for some stress-related issues. And, and when I came back, again, it was made clear that it was time to go. And so we said, okay, let's flip the switch. It was right now. I was like, okay. So I gave my, I was there for two weeks. Uh, and I just saw the, the way that everything was going, gave my notice. And they said, thank you. You may, you may now leave. And um, we said, okay, let's go. Let's make it happen. And so that was at the end of May. We moved the beginning of July. Any regrets? <laughs> I will say my wife says that she's going to miss the beach, you know, because uh, I'm like, well, the way our life works right now with the, the amount of hours we're putting in, the, the amount of hours we're spent commuting, I said, how often do you go to the beach now? Isn't that funny? Yeah. We lived in Orange County. The beach was, you know, 20 minutes away. I said, we never go because we're always so busy. We're always on the road. We're always <laughs> working on the next thing. But I said, now we can go whenever we want. I said, I have enough miles and points. We can fly anywhere in the world we want to go. That's funny that when I moved away from the city to live in Texarkana, I appreciated the city more. It's sure. like, I think you might appreciate the beach more now mm -hmm. that you're not at the beach and it's <laughs> right there. Well, I always told her, I said, look, we, on a yearly basis, we spend more days at the beach when we travel than we do when we're home. That's okay. cool. And now we got awesome music and amazing food in Nashville. And so it's all good. Well, thanks for walking us through that. Cause I know there's people listening that have thought about it. They might be sitting in a cubicle somewhere going, you know, what if I jumped? And just to hear that story about building that 10 year plan and then working through it. I think that's uh, pretty empowering. Well, I think during the last recession, it made it very clear to a lot of people that you always have to be preparing for your next job move. Right? Whether it's you're going freelancing like me and doing things full-time like that, or you're just going into the next job, you can't expect that that same job you're in is going to be there for you for the next decade. Well, enough about this ridiculousness of like leaving a uh, steady job to go off into the great beyond. Let's talk about something far more important. Yes. You have a new podcast. I do. I which do. is awesome. You had a wonderful first guest yeah. talking about a part of the world that way more people need to uh, hear about, like Paris. I think in, in people's list, Lee, there's Paris, there's uh, some of the, like, Tokyo, mm -hmm. and then there's Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, that's definitely in the top three of almost everybody I've met. <laughs> but yeah, so the podcast is called We Travel There, and so the whole gist of it is whenever we travel, we try to take public transportation and talk to locals while we're there and say, okay, hey, where should we eat? Hey, what, what are some cool things we should be doing? And essentially what I've done is I've taken that personal conversation and turned it into a podcast. So that way everybody gets to have that personal information. So the tagline is we want everybody to travel like a local. And so what we do is we interview people, experts from around the world and find out the best things to do in their city from a, a local's point of view. So that way when you travel, like you're getting better experiences with the city. And you, what I like is you never know what the next city's going to be. Mm -hmm. You'll be in Bentonville, Arkansas. Then we went to Austin, I think. Did we go to Austin second? But we, we did, uh, well, Joe was the first interview, but as far as we released, because personally, Nashville is something that we just moved there. We wanted to find all about it. So that was the first one. Started with Nashville. Well, I started with my new hometown. And, so, our, and our mutual friend, Kate. Yeah, Kate Doerr. Uh, she's amazing as well. And uh, so we went Nashville, Austin, Bentonville, Arkansas, Melbourne, Australia. And so we got a little bit of 
some bigger cities, a little bit of some smaller cities, and, and then throw in some international cities there as well. And even if you're not going, as I listen to it, if you're not going to these cities, just the way people talk about the different attractions to the city mm-hmm. really makes it just a fun... Like, I like watching Rick Steves yeah. on the weekend, you know, going with him to these different cities that I will probably never visit. Yeah. It just It's a fascinating travelogue, hearing Noah Kagan go on about tacos and pizza. He's all about the breakfast tacos. Yes. And sure. by the way, the cool thing was the best, he said the best pizza in Austin. I don't remember what it was. 313. Oh, yeah. Which is Detroit pizza. Yep, yep. Yes. And then I thought Noah went from okay in my book to wonderful to fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always, I always get pizza wherever I go, and so that's one of my. That's the, literally the final question: is what's the best pizza in your town? You told me that you like these interviews on your end, just as the host, because it makes you want to go to these places. No, for sure. And actually, I'm going to Cancun in December, and so I actually met somebody and interviewed him already. And so now, when I go there, I actually have a personal tour guide that's <laughs> going to show me all around and take me to some restaurants that aren't even listed on the map. Take me to some cenotes, which is the uh, these big holes in the ground with amazing clear water. It's like an oasis in the middle of the jungle. And instead of going to Chichen Itza, where you can take pictures, he's going to take us to some other rooms that you can actually climb. So it's it's getting just this local perspective of the city that you would never experience as a, as a normal tourist. It's amazing. Dude, thanks for being our tour guide on telling us how you left your job. That yeah. was so amazing, and congratulations on the new show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. And uh, Hopefully everybody will travel with us when we go there. Absolutely. We will link to We Travel There on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Man, good seeing you. It's great to see you, I buddy. love doing this face-to-face. For sure. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And didn't Lee just knock that conversation with Joe out of the park? <laughs> he kicked some serious butt on National Butt Kicking Day. Here's another guy who's kicking some butt, singer Peter Gene Hernandez. It's his birthday today, and even though you don't think you know him, you do. He's changed his name. He's sold over 130 million records worldwide and has won 11 Grammy Awards. So here's today's question. What's Peter Gene Hernandez's professional name that you and I both know? I'll be back with the answer in just a moment. The right hire will make a huge impact on your business, and that's why it's so important to find the right person. But where do you find that individual? You can try posting on the job boards, but can you really be sure the right person sees your job? Instead, find the person who will help you grow your business with LinkedIn. It's the world's largest professional network. People go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally and to discover job opportunities. 70% of the U.S. workforce already is there. LinkedIn matches people to your role based on more of who they really are, their skills, their interests, and even how open they are to new opportunities. And this way, your job gets seen by more of the right people. Most LinkedIn members haven't recently visited the top job boards, but nine out of 10 members are open to new opportunities. So you can only reach them on LinkedIn. That's why a new hire is made. Get this every 10 seconds using LinkedIn and businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering the quality candidate they were looking for. It's funny when it comes to LinkedIn, I used to only go there to post resume changes and not to talk, but now it seems like when I'm on LinkedIn, there's more and more discussion about how to work better, how to hire better. 
how to run a business better. And it's funny when it comes to that, my favorite book, The E-Myth, talks a lot about how hiring the right person and having the right systems are keys to success in your business. So do this, head to linkedin.com slash SB and you'll get $50 off toward your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash SB for $50 off today. Terms and conditions apply. This is also our last opportunity to talk about tomorrow night's show in Kansas City. If this is your first time listening to Stacking Benjamins, we're in the middle of a three-town tour and we're super excited to bring the tour to Kansas City, Missouri. And man, do we have an action-packed lineup. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Chris Costello from Bloom, a Kansas City-based company, is our special co-host for this entire tour. Thanks to Bloom for helping out. Also, we're talking to difference makers around the country because TIAA is giving away a million dollars, a million dollars to people making a difference in their community. And we're going to highlight one difference maker in Kansas City. Thanks to TIAA for including us in that. Just incredibly awesome. You're not just going to get the Stacky Benjamin Show. Joel Goldberg, who you know that name if you're from around Kansas City because he hosts the pre-show and after show for Kansas City Royals baseball games. He has a new podcast. He's going to do it live, rounding the bases with Joel Goldberg. Beforehand, his special guest is the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. Tracy Phobes, the Penny Pinchin mom, is going to be with us talking about deals in Kansas City and across the nation, how to save money on those things you use every day. Carrie Olson will be with us. She ditched the nine to five to work for herself as a voiceover artist. How did she make that move? We'll talk to her. And finally, there's a big fintech conference in town and from MBKC Bank, Zach Pettit is going to be Just like on the Today Show, when they show you all those cool new gadgets, he's going to be sharing with us a lot of new innovation coming to your wallet and to your financial plan. It's all based in KC. Big, huge show, 10 bucks. We're at the Improv out toward the airport. If you're in Kansas City, I think you know where the Improv is. Hope you can join Doug and OG and Richie and I as we bring the show to Kansas City. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash tour for tickets and for more information. We hope to see you there tomorrow night. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And doesn't it seem hard listening to other people talk while you wait for the trivia? I know they just keep talking and talking. It's tough for me, too. But luckily, the wait is over, and I've got your trivia right here. Today is the birthplace of 11-time... Birthplace? No, it's the birthday of 11-time Grammy Award-winning singer Peter Jean Hernandez. But what name do you and I more commonly recognize him as? If you said Bruno Mars, you'd be correct. Happy birthday, Peter! Uh, Bruno... Pete, Brune, whatever, dude. Have a good one. See ya. Big thanks to Lee for talking to me at uh, FinCon. That was so fun. By the way, also thanks to Steve Stewart. I set my clock incorrectly, and I thought that the times I was going to use the FinCon podcasting stage were an hour later than they were. So so I missed. I totally missed my time, and and, uh, Steve was nice enough because he was in charge of the stage. 
to uh, let me record at these horribly odd hours. And so Lee and I had an early morning conversation that you just heard. But we sounded incredibly awake, didn't we? It's probably because you hadn't gone to bed yet. Probably. Yeah, I went to bed. Went to, that is a FinCon right there. FinCon moment. I like this idea. I just love this idea of ramping up four years earlier. Like if you're interested in a side hustle, do it while you've got your full-time employment underneath you. So then you can bankroll it. Lee already knew all the connections. And I think that OG is the most important part. Knowing the connections, knowing kind of where the game lies ahead of time makes stepping off the deep end when your job goes bye-bye, partly through no fault of your own, right? Look like he was on the way out anyway to make that change. Sometimes you just take a leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. It always works out. Well, it works out better if you've done some prep. But it works out better if you've planned in advance. (laughs) Uh, Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. Oh, me getting a pay raise to 15 bucks an hour. Is that going to happen now that it's all the rage? Ooh, look at the time. Look at the time. Uh, it's actually your family and your time. That's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now for a free quote. Affordable prices, lovely customer service, robust online life insurance calculator. I like the Haven Life Plus program. Pretty cool stuff there. Check it out, stackybedjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. By the way, if you don't have life insurance, what the heck are you doing? I mean, just pause the show. Take take like four seconds, especially if you've got kids. 20 minutes to get it done. Yeah. Why listen to a podcast about money and you're seriously messing it up if you have people who rely on you and you don't have insurance? Sorry, needed to interrupt for a little rant there. Today, we're throwing out the lifeline to our new BFF, Syed. Say hello, Syed. Hey, Joe and OG. This is Syed from Maryland. Longtime caller. First time listener. (laughs) My question for you guys is regarding retirement accounts while self-employed. I will be transitioning uh, into self-employment in the next few months and was wondering what I should do with my company 401k. I will be a solo practitioner but plan on hiring employees in about a year or so depending on how the business goes. Uh, I did some preliminary research and it seems a SEP IRA or a solo 401k would be my best options to roll over the company 401k. So I was hoping you can give more insight into these two options or let me know if there are other options I should be considering. Thanks a lot. Fantastic. Speaking of going from full-time employment, working for the man to working for yourself, congratulations on that move, Syed. With an old company 401k, the first option is always to leave it where it is. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's usually the least likely option that people pick. There's some mental block of I'm done with that company and so I should be done with their benefits package as well. But if for whatever reason you've got a really stellar 401k plan with really stellar and low cost options, one of the choices may literally be just to keep it. But assuming that you want to move it, really you can put it in any type of pre-tax plan assuming again that it's pre-tax. So so you've got it kind of nailed there. You can put it in your SEP. You can put it in a solo 401k. You can put it in a traditional IRA, probably where I'd prefer to put it just for separation of new plan versus old plan type of things there. But if he's going to establish a new SEP IRA or, or solo 401k, why wouldn't he just roll it to that? 
Well, you can. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just the same thing as keeping it in the old one. But at the end of the day, I think you have to think about the new plan before you start arbitrarily rolling your old plan into something that you may or may not use. So as you think about your new company, here's some things to consider. First of all, you can't use a solo 401k if you hire anybody besides your spouse. So if you think that in the short term you're going to have an employee that's not your spouse, solo 401k is off the table. Be kind of silly to put your old 401k in the new solo 401k and then find out in a year from now you can't use it. The SEP is only funded from employer contributions. It's totally fine when you're self-employed because it's kind of still all your money. But now if all of a sudden you have five or six employees and you want to give yourself 25% of your compensation and SEP contributions, you also have to, to give your employees 25%. So that's maybe not a good option either. You might consider a simple IRA, which allows for matching contributions up to a certain amount, or just a regular 401k plan if you are envisioning this company that you're starting to be you know, a bigger and bigger, bigger company. Difference between a simple and a 401k plan is the contribution limits. You're simple, you're limited to a certain amount. The 401k you can contribute quite a bit more to. But all of them have different pros and cons and cost structures and that sort of thing. Probably want to think about the future and the size of the organization and where you're thinking in terms of employees and, and revenue and that sort of stuff. And what you're thinking of from a contribution standpoint in the future and that should help you decide which plan to use. And then once you create that plan, then you can decide whether or not you want to take your old money and put it in the new one or just put it in an IRA. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think it's important to know the difference between, since the solo 401k really is off the table, to know the difference between the SEP and the simple. And the big thing is, is who makes the contribution. On the SEP, it's the employer that makes a contribution. On the simple, it's going to be the employee with a match, right, from the employer. Yeah. Which sounds like one and the same if you're a solo person. Yeah. You're like, well, it's still my money. But again, once you get multiple employees, you have to treat them equally, including yourself. You can't, you know, you can't say for the owner's uh, contribution, we're going to put in 25%, but for all you peasants, we're going to put in five. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. So, well, again, until you get sued by Arissa. <laughs> <laughs> Or not a risk, it, but the, it, uh, can, it can work however you want until you get caught breaking the law. Exactly. You can do whatever <laughs> you want to do until they knock on your door and send you a judgment letter. But which is why most people use simples if they have if they have a small business. And that's what I was thinking. Place. Forgetting today that piece he said about where the business is headed and having employees down the road. I tried to set this up once. So you don't have to revisit it later. You're going to have your hands full with 50 other things going back and redoing this. It's not super complex, but it feels like complexity in my head. And anything that feels like complexity, OG already knows this being my business partner the last seven years, I push anything that feels like complexity way to the back burner. And I think most entrepreneurs do too. So do it now, get it done with, and don't mess with it again. Yep. I agree. Thanks for the question. We also get some mail down here in these parts. I love it how mail finds its way to Texarkana. It's fantastic. The, it's the, an amazing system. The Wells Fargo train comes by about once a week, and we get the packages. Another crazy invention by Ben Franklin. It's incredible. Last year, I hit a life milestone. I graduated from grad school with $75,000 of student loans. <laughs> Congratulations on the milestone. Congratulations. Man, that sucks. 
Yep. And began working a few months later. I joined a company's simple IRA plan. How about that? Wow. Synergy in this show is amazing. It, it is incredible and unintentional for those of you that know us and realized that I had no plan or direction for savings or retirement. I'm 30 years old, so I'm starting a little later. I've researched basic financial information about investment and retirement. I have two burning questions. One, does it make sense to make my percentage per paycheck put into my simple IRA with my firm's 2% contribution less aggressive, currently at 8%, and instead focus on maxing out a Roth IRA contribution each year? My current income's below the Roth IRA cutoff. Question two, what are some of the basic steps someone starting out a little later in the game should consider? I have a safety net established and a general investing account because I'm still unsure of where to go from here. I know I should pay down my student loans as much as possible, but I also want to make sure to take advantage of compound interest, for example. I want financial independence, but don't necessarily want to retire from architecture in my early 60s when my career will just be taking off. Thanks for what you do. Awesome. Career well, hopefully your career takes off long before you're 60, because that's an awful long time to wait. Yeah, she's already planning the skyrocket 30 years from now. Yes, that's exactly. That's pretty awesome. Generically speaking, here's how I would do this. I would put 2% of my compensation into the simple to get the match. Then I would max out my Roth. Then I would go back to max out my simple. Now, the simple max and a traditional 401k max is completely different. The simple max is only 12.5, so you might hit that anyway just with your 8%. And then every other dollar, I'd want to really focus on paying off the student loans. You know, you said something there that I thought was pretty interesting. You said, I want compounding to work in my favor. <laughs> it is also presently working against your favor because your student loans are being charged interest which is adding to the balance, which is being charged interest, which is adding to the balance, which is being charged interest. Yeah. So that sexy nature of like, well, but my, you know, it's at 6%. If your student loans are like everybody else's, or they might be at six, you might be able to refi them for four or three. There's lots of places that do that, but um, that is a big number. And I would have a very aggressive goal, you know, say, seven to 10 years to pay that off as fast as possible. It may be faster if you could knock it out. I like the idea of looking at your student loan balances and seeing if there's, if there's a tiny one you can take care of very quickly just to free up more cash flow. Yeah. If they're not consolidated, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do when we do client reviews. I just had one the other day and have some student loans and I'm looking through it and I go, Oh, there's one for 2000. Yeah. You should just pay that off today. Bam. Like, why not? You know, you got 10 grand sitting in cash. Just pay off that too. It just, again, it's that momentum. You want to reward yourself and, you know, paying $62 on a $2,000 bill for the next, you know, 15 years sounds like. And you got to watch out. Yeah. And you got to watch out because Navian or Sally Mae or any of these student loan companies generally don't default to paying off one. So if you're ready to pay off one of them, make sure you get number one, the payoff number, but then number two, make sure you designate it so it goes specifically to that loan. Because if you just send them an extra two grand, they will generally split it among all of the different loans. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, lesson learned on that one. Let's put that, let's put it that way. Yeah, I know we, that. We are paying off some. Uh, thanks for the question. If you've got a question like Elizabeth or Syed did, 
Here's how you interface with us. Head to stackybenjamins.com. Click on the questions for the show link at the top of the page, and that'll show you all the ways that uh, we can answer your questions. So thanks for those. Thanks also to everybody who's left a review of this here podcast. The reviews you guys do are so absolutely hilarious and sometimes succinct, just just uh, fantastic stuff. This is a five-star review from The Goose, G-E-U-S. Is that The Goose? The Juice? Is it a hard G or a soft G? I don't know. G-E-U-S. Uh, financial education for everyone. Joe and OG promise you won't learn anything, but they're lying. He called us a liar. Get over it, dude. Did you see that thing I put in the basement about that musical instrument on the couch sitting with the doctor? And the musical instrument says, I'm a guitar. And the doctor says, you're a liar. A liar. Like ah, one of those. Yeah. It was ah, pre- it was I got it. You didn't have to explain it to me. It's pretty good. Do you want me to explain it more? Pretty good with the English language. But you, no, no, go ahead. Would you explain like me to, to me what a liar is. Would you like me to it man- looks like a guitar, but it's not. Would you like me to explain that to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sit you down on the sofa and yeah. Uh, Joe and OG promise you won't learn a thing, but they're lying. They host excellent guests who actually know things and listening to Joe and OG will make you wonder why you thought personal finance was so hard. Doug's trivia is harder. Wherever you are in your personal finance journey, this show is a fun and worthwhile addition to your library. Thank you so much for the kind words. Mom is super proud of us because of that. And, uh, I think that one's probably going to stay on her fridge for a couple days because the bridge club comes over tomorrow. And she loves like hanging out right by the fridge. Oh, um, you know how you're pointing out stuff and you're trying to pretend like you're not pointing it out, like moving the conversation specifically to one thing. That's mom in this review. Thanks a ton. And finally, if you are somebody who needs good financial help in your corner, OG is just about to close the doors on 2018 new clients. He and his team taking people until uh, the end of October, taking new meetings until the end of October. So if you want to get a meeting with him this year, head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash letter O, letter G. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, what shall we have learned today, man? So what did we learn today? First, take some advice from Lee Huffman. Thinking about quitting your job? It's better to plan early and start ramping up the side gig while you're still working than waiting and starting after you find out you're unemployed. Yeah, who hasn't made that mistake seven times? This guy. Hey, Lee made the switch much more easily because he's already, he had the contacts, you know, and he had the infrastructure built out of a whole business before making the jump to self-employment. That guy knew what he was doing. Second, remember what Sean Scaturo from USAA told us. Healthcare decisions are complex, so focus on your family's needs first and back into which type of coverage is right for you and your family. But the big lesson? Don't share kick butt day jokes with OG. That dude kicks seriously hard. Dude, we were just kidding around. Lighten up. Special thanks to Lee Huffman for joining us today. You'll find his new podcast, We Traveled There, wherever you're listening to this show. Thanks also to Sean Scaturo from USAA for joining us. Head to USAA.com for more helpful tools, articles, and tips. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. 
I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Big thanks to Joe's mom for agreeing to help us celebrate Bruno Mars's birthday. Cupcakes for everybody! Woo! See ya! What did you watch on the plane to Orlando and back? Uh, my recent flights have allowed me to see the entire two seasons of The Good Place, Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. I can tell you uh, just the three episodes I watched, I can see why people like it so much. It's very weird. It is incredibly weird. Yeah, but the people that have watched it also know what I mean by saying that it's weird. You're on episode three, so you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not an insider yet. It's going to get weirder. You're, it's weird. But do you like but it? But it's just enough comedy to to get past the weirdness. Did you watch Community? I started to. Because Community is pretty out there. Yeah, this is not like that. Funny. No? No. This is a weird twist <laughs> midway through that you go, huh? Okay. I don't have HBO or Showtime, but I heard great things about this show. Oh, I stole somebody's password, and now I do. <laughs> That's right. But I, but, but I, but I borrowed it, but I heard great things about this show, Barry, Bill Hader's the star and also the director and best supporting actor went to Henry Winkler and Henry Winkler's never won a best supporting actor. I always liked Henry Winkler in Arrested Development. I thought he was fantastic as the family lawyer that had no idea what the hell he was doing. Or in Waterboy as the football <laughs> coach. <laughs> Great there too. He plays a little different character here. Or the Fonz. Let's listen to a little uh, trailer. Was the Fonz. He was the Fonz. That was the first yeah. role. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit of uh, the trailer of uh, the HBO show Barry. These people I take out—they're bad people. The money's good. It's a job. Yep. Hey, ma'am. Are you seeing this beautiful morning? What are you doing? How are you? What am I doing? I'm set up here like you asked me to. Oh, right. Duh. This heat is urgent. This is Ryan Madison. Familiar to my slaughterous thoughts. Hey, man. Are you new to this class? Help me out. Ryan, you're up. I'm going to do the scene with him. And action. 
what do I, I don't know what to say. Wow. Wow. The acting class made me feel really good. I feel really motivated right now. These are professional actors. They're the real deal, and they say I got something. You're a killer, Mary. Acting is a direct conflict, being someone who anonymously kills people. If you're going to be an actor, here's my only direction. Adapt. Adjust. Let the cat out. When I first started in this class, I was very overwhelmed, but then I saw everyone else perform. Alas, poor... Forgot my line. And then it was easier. So Barry is a hitman OG who works with a bunch of bad people working in uh, this scene with some uh, Chechnyans involved in a few with some other bad people. They tell him to take out a guy. That guy is taking acting classes. He sneaks into the acting class. Next thing you know, he's accidentally standing next to the guy he's supposed to hit. The dude doesn't have an acting partner. So he drags Barry onto the stage with him and the guy he has to kill and him are doing a scene in front of Henry Winkler and the rest of this acting class. And at that moment, Barry decides he doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. He wants to be an actor, but getting out of the mob and getting out of the business is incredibly hard. So between acting classes, he's actively still involved in the business. Very funny, 30 minutes an episode, which I like. I like the fact that these characters are incredibly developed. The show's super tight. Uh, you know what it felt like in terms of tightness? The show is nothing like this, by the way, but in terms of tightness and character, it felt a lot like catastrophe. Like catastrophe, okay. like catastrophe, you're in it, you're in the situation, you feel the emotions. Barry is exactly that. I watched uh, four episodes. Can't wait to watch the rest. Not sure how I'm going to do that. Apparently going to have to steal somebody's password <laughs> or do something so that I get to watch the rest of this, this series. But I, I thought Bill Hader was, uh, I, I always think Bill Hader is great. He's, he's a comedian I've always liked. Cool. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. It, it totally is your kind of show. Funny and action all rolled together. All right. Go stack some Benjamins, everybody. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.